Welcome to this podcast from Riverside Church Whitstable. We hope you find it helpful and encouraging. If you would like to find out more information about us, why not check out our website at riversideuk.org, our Facebook page, or follow us on Twitter at Whit Riverside. So our third talk in this series, uh, we've been looking at this idea of trying to get kingdom trying into our lives on a regular basis. And as always, if you missed any of the first two talks, you can catch them up on our website or through our YouTube channel. So the first week, we looked at this concept, the only thing we can really fail at in the kingdom is failing to try. Yeah? So failing to try is the only thing we can really fail at. You know, success and failure in terms of kingdom trying is all about do we actually try and partner with God. I had a kingdom try opportunity this, this week and I failed. Okay? So um, I suppose I get a bit of crowd participation there. Thank you. Thank you. So recently we've got um, Hermes drivers park outside uh, Riverside every morning and, and do all their sorting out because they've put some yellow lines around the corner, which means they can't sort things out around the corner now. So they bring a big pan, are they called Pantechnican, aren't they? The big, big high-sided vans, full of stuff. And then we've got some guys who pull up with their different cars and all the stuff gets unloaded from, from this big van into the cars. It's fascinating. Water butts and everything going, you know, from the stuff people order online is amazing. And it all gets sorted out. Well, I was out there on uh, Thursday because the other thing that happens outside our gates and fence is McDonald's uh, happens. Uh, and people put all their rubbish out their windows onto our frontage. So occasionally we have to go out there and we have to clear up. So I went out there with a bag and was cleaning the rubbish up. And I was chatting to the Hermes delivery guys. And saying, they said, is this your job? I said, no, it's part of it. Um, uh, I said, we're part of the church here. And, and so I got this big conversation about church. And, um, and that was great. We had, had a bit of fun chatting. And I came back. And I was walking. I got back to the bins. I thought, that was a missed opportunity. I could offer to pray for those guys and ask, you know, what's going on in your life? How can I pray for you? No, I didn't. I thought... I thought it looked really weird to go walking back up and say, actually, what I meant to say was... So that was a bit of a moment. So I thought, okay, God, help me be more aware of kingdom opportunities because that's the thing, isn't it? Trying to get those kingdom opportunities into our lives. And that's what I want to talk about today is how do we make kingdom trying habitual? How do we make it part of our routines? Because we all run on routines, don't we? You had your morning routine this morning? Yeah, your Sunday morning routine? Are you a tea or coffee person? Teas? Coffee? I think the church runs on coffee, doesn't it? I'm a tea person in the morning. I like tea in the morning, yeah. Nice cup of tea in the morning. You might be a water person like my wife, very healthy, just a water person. Any water people in? Okay, I've got a few. Good, good. Whatever your preference, it's probably routine, isn't it? You probably every morning you go through the same routines you tend to. The same routines are there. You're getting ready routines. You're going to work routines. You're going to make your business routines. We run on routine and habit. And the reason we do this is because our brains are lazy. You've got a lazy brain, okay? And your brain loves to just do things that don't take a lot of calories, don't take a lot of energy. So we use routines and habits all the time in our lives. Think about how many habits you do every single day. How many routines that you run every single day, over and over again, day in, day out. Even if you're the most disorganized person on the planet, and we do have some in the church, um, then, then you're still running on routines. You're still using habits and routines to run your life because that's the way your life tends to work. We all tend to be creatures of habit. Even when somebody comes to the door, everyone looks because that's a habitual thing to do. Aha, uh-huh, okay. So, today we're going to look at an account from 
a story in the book of Acts when we see some people going about their daily routines and then God breaks in with a kingdom opportunity. So let's read uh, from Acts and uh, here we are, I'll put it on the screens for you. So Acts chapter 3, a very famous account in this story. One day Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at three in the afternoon. So for them, routine. Now a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. So an extraordinary story there in the book of Acts. And this is, if you remember, this is written by Luke. Luke's the same person who wrote the Gospel of Luke. And Luke goes on to write the second part of his account of the early church. And they call it Acts in our Bibles. And Jesus has risen from the dead and commissioned the disciples. And now we see the early church exploding with acts and miracles and compassion. There's an outpouring taking place. And many people are turning to Jesus and the community is building around the person of the risen Jesus. And people are worshipping and serving and the whole church is being birthed. But the apostle the apostles, Peter and John, they were basically Jewish by birth. So they've been engaged in a routine that they would have done since they were young. They were going to the temple to pray. So going to the temple to pray, if you were a Jew in Jerusalem, was a routine thing you would have done day in, day out. So we find out at three in the afternoon, they're on their way up to the temple to go about their daily prayers. This was a daily habit for them. So we've got these two sets of people, Peter and John. Then there's this third person. We don't know his name. Luke doesn't tell us. But he's somebody who's lame from birth. He has a condition that prevents him from walking. And because in Jesus' time, if you couldn't walk, you probably couldn't work. The only means of income he could have had was by being placed at the gates of the temple and trying to get alms from people, compassion, donations, as they walk past on their way to pray. So these friends and family would carry him every day and plonk him at this gate, and that's where he would sit and try and get income from people passing him on the way into the temple. This was his daily habits. We have two routines about to collide. And something happens in this story which I think is really fascinating. There's a moment where both parties actually see each other. It's recorded by Luke in this text. We spend a lot of time, don't we, looking but not seeing. Yeah? We go through life and we look at lots of stuff, but we very rarely see Things. We very rarely see people because we're always focused on the next thing or we're focused on running our routine or we're focused on our, our busyness or our activity. So we very rarely actually see people. In fact, I think on the London Tube, no one wants eye contact because it's seen as odd. So everyone looks down because you don't actually want to see anybody or connect with anybody because you, you might be thought to be weird. But actually, you know, as humans, we're, we're designed to connect. We're designed to see one another. When's the last time you looked and really saw somebody? 
You know, often we, we meet and we chat, even at church, we'll do the whole, how are you, fine, how are you, fine routine. Some people actually say they're fine, I haven't even asked them, because it's a standard routine, they're running again. They're, I, I could say to you, what colour is your shirt? They'd say, fine. I said, no, I didn't ask that question. I asked you what colour your shirt was. But they're running the routine, they're running the welcome routine, or the how are you routine, and it becomes standard. Yeah, we've all been there. And so we very rarely see each other, we very rarely stop and actually really engage with each other, because we're running our routines. But in this story is a moment when these two parties actually see each other. The lame man initially looks at Peter and John and just sees them as money walking past. He doesn't see them as people, he just sees them as an opportunity of income and so he, he, he tries to get their attention. He asks them for if they give him some money but he's not really seeing them as people, he's just seeing them as a, an income opportunity. And up to this point Peter and John haven't really seen the lame man, they would have probably walked past him week in and week out because he was always put in the same place and they would go to their daily prayers and they would have, must have passed him many times without really seeing him. He probably had almost become part of the furniture, hadn't he, because he was put in the same place day in, day out. And we can do the same thing, can't we, if we, if we walk past homeless people on the street. Not so prevalent maybe in Whitsable, this area, but in Birmingham, you can walk past countless homeless people, often in the same place, every day, at the same time. And they become part of the furniture. No one wants to really look and see them. But something different happens in this story. The man calls out to to Peter and John, and they stop. And it says uh, in uh, the NIV translation, it says something interesting. It says, they looked straight at him. And the words used here means they, they gazed at him intently. They fixed their attention onto him. And I'd love to have been a fly on the wall at this moment and actually to see what actually took place in this account. The layman's request for money interrupted their prayer routine. They were on a religious mission. They were on their way to pray. But God had other ideas at this point and interrupted their habit, their routine. They were probably on temple prayer autopilot, weren't they? Just going about their normal routine, up to praying back again. But God broke in to this routine. So what did they see? What did they see when they looked at this man? Well, I think they saw the Holy Spirit. I think they saw a Holy Spirit moment. People have said to me, you say you see the Spirit, and that's a bit weird. Well, maybe. But like this morning after worship, when we just rested in God's presence, if you'd have cocked one eye open, looked around, you'd have seen the Holy Spirit resting on people. You'd have seen the activity of the Spirit in the room. And I think when this man shouts out to Peter and John, they actually see the Holy Spirit resting upon him and they see a Holy Spirit kingdom opportunity. So they look at the man, they tell the man, now it's time to see us. And so they ask him to look at them. I say to the man, look at us. And so he then fixes his attention on them. They, they become into his focus. They become more than just people who are passing by um, with the potential for giving. So we now have this moment when two sets of people are actually seeing each other for the first time. And I think attention creates expectation. I think when we really give each other attention, it creates an expectation moment. It creates an opportunity for God to do something. And that's why it's really important in our daily lives. We make space for real connections with people. If we're just passing by, running our routines all the time, we don't allow 
the potential for kingdom opportunity. There's a kingdom dynamic taking place here. I mean, supernatural is superseding the natural. It's kind of God's plan, God's routine is breaking in on these people's routines and something's about to happen of the kingdom. And it's like the veil has been drawn back for a moment and, and heaven is poking through and intercepting these daily natural routines. Now this story, it's got a big ending. The man's healed and jumps to his feet and begins to walk. And I don't want to focus on that ending because frankly, it's intimidating, <laughs> isn't it? Because people say, this is what you need to do. You need to basically go and find somebody who's got a really big problem in their lives, pray for them, and God will sort it out, and there'll be much praising. And It's an intimidating ending to the story because we don't tend to see that sort of dramatic healing very often in our lives, do we? No, we don't. It's a rare occurrence, if at all. And I don't want to focus on that part of the story because it's intimidating. It tends to turn us off from kingdom trying I want to focus on the point when these people stop in the midst of their routines and they take hold of this kingdom opportunity. So as I say, we go through life not really seeing people. We run our habits and our routines because our brains don't like reinventing the wheel. If we find something that works, your brain loves it because it doesn't have to do any more work. It can just run the routine. And so the more routines your brain can find to do, the better and more comfortable it is. And in respect of kingdom activity, your brain isn't your friend because your brain's lazy. And it loves just to do the things that it can do easily and, and run easily. And we like running these furrows in a field most of our lives. And we're on autopilot most of our lives. And routines and habits are really helpful. But the problem is we can find ourselves sleepwalking through our days, can't we? Yeah? You can even drive to places and not figure out how you got there. You go, how on earth did I get here? I've driven through four sets of traffic lights. Not even remembered them. That's scary. But we can sleepwalk through our, our, our days because our brains are running these routines. And that's the problem with, with habit and routine if God's not involved because it just puts us on autopilot. And if we really want to grow, I think, in a life of try, we have to figure out how do we get God into our routines? How do we get God and kingdom into our routines? into our daily habits because a life of try really must be habitual if we want to see it happening yeah we're going to try and figure out how does it become part of us because everything we do and that we think is important we plan so if you enjoy doing something or if you like something you schedule it into your life yeah yeah doesn't matter what it is it can be an activity a sport a tv series a food coffee the church you know you'll schedule it in You'll make sure it happens. You'll plan it in because we are what we plan. Have you realized that? <laughs> you are what you plan. So whatever you choose to put into your life and schedule it and habitually routine, that's what you are because that's what you value. That's what your plan shows you to be. We plan it in because we want to make sure it happens. Yeah? And that's why we plan it in. So routines and habits are really helpful for putting the valuable stuff into our lives to make sure it happens. Throughout the Old Testament, God put values and routines and habits into the people of God because he wanted to make sure it happened. So God knew that work and activity could become something we get caught up in and we couldn't stop and we, we, you know, we get so driven by activity. So he created something called the Sabbath. So he said every six days you're going to stop. You're going to stop working and you're going to rest and you're going to nourish your soul. 
because nourishing your soul is really important. So I'll establish a routine called the Sabbath, which you will be involved in, and basically it'll be part of your weekly routine. And so as we enter into the Sabbath, God reminds us actually the world isn't held up by us and our activity. It's upheld by God, and we can rest in him and nourish and replenish our souls. God knows that money can be dangerous. So in the Old Testament, he established a routine called tithing, where people took a tenth of what they had, and they gave it to the upkeep of the temple and the priestly activities. God knew that money could be an idol. It could take over people's lives. So he said, I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll make a routine where you give away a tenth of it, and then every time you do that, it'll remind you of where the money comes from in the first place. So I'll establish a routine, a habit that'll help you keep God at the center of your lives and help you to use your resources wisely. So routines and habits, God, throughout the Old Testament, established these in the lives of people to help them put the valuable things in place. Because without routines and habits, your life would descend into chaos. Yeah, that's what would happen if you didn't plan stuff in. And also, if you don't plan something in, what tends to happen is you just delay it. Yeah, men are particularly good at this. Um, You know, I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it tomorrow, you know. And one of the most effective strategies, the evil one, is to say to you, don't do it today, do it tomorrow. Yeah? How many times have you heard that whisper? Don't do it today, do it tomorrow. And what happens? Tomorrow never comes, does it? Because we continually are moving that thing further and further and further away. And so we procrastinate, and our best intentions never get realized, never get turned into reality. And without routines and habit, you will delay kingdom activity every day. You'll delay it until tomorrow, until tomorrow. You'll wait until a better time is coming. But that time never comes because the kingdom opportunity is in the now. Look at the life of Jesus. He was very much present in the now. In fact, he said, don't worry about tomorrow because tomorrow's got enough worry of its own. Focus on being present in the now because this is where the kingdom of God is, in the now, right here, right now, right in the moment. So we want more try in our lives. We've got to figure out how we get it into our routines and our habits. And I'll give you just a quickly a few ideas. I'm going to run out of time on time. A few ideas to help you turn try into habit. So here's a few little ideas for you. Ask God every morning for try opportunities. You can start your day with a simple prayer. God, give me opportunities today to try some stuff with you. And by doing this right at the start of your day, you're reminding yourself that God's active in your life and active in your routines and present with you, whatever you are doing, whether you're at work, rest, holiday, whatever you are, God's present. It's like kingdom recalibration every day. You're aware that God is present in your life. Yeah, so every morning, ask God for trial opportunities. Pray as you go. Talk to God throughout the day. Start your conversation with God and continue your conversation with God. Praying in the car is fantastic. I really recommend it to anybody. You know, if you've got to drive somewhere or go somewhere, pray in the car. Everyone thinks you're singing. You're okay. It doesn't matter. Chat with God in your coffee break. Chat with God whenever you can grab an opportunity throughout the day. Just have a little conversation with him. Thank him for a beautiful view. Thank him for great friends. Thank him for what's happening in your life. But by opening those channels of conversation, you're continuing that communion with him, and you've got a better chance of spotting Holy Spirit activity. Yeah? So keep that conversation going. Chat to him. Stay tuned into the Holy Spirit. Give God permission to interrupt you. Now, God doesn't need your permission, okay? But by doing this, you're partnering with kingdom activity. 
You're saying, God, I'm expecting you at some point in my day to kind of jump in and interrupt me because there's a kingdom thing going to happen, an opportunity to try. So when you do this, you're aligning your life with that kingdom prayer. Let your kingdom come and let your will be done. You're aligning yourself with that prayer of Jesus, literally, practically. So no matter how busy or important your day is, you can say to God, I give you permission to interrupt me. I give you permission to remind me that your kingdom's breaking in in some way. And then ask God to help you see people as he, he sees them. Ask God to give you eyes for people. So when you look upon someone, you don't make a snap judgment or you don't just dismiss them or you don't just see familiarity. You actually say, God, I want to see that person as you see them. Jesus was always looking beyond the natural for the activity of the Father, wasn't he? That famous account in John 4 with the Samaritan woman where the disciples are preoccupied with their bellies and go off and find food. He sees a woman and an opportunity to talk to her and explain to her the nature of the coming kingdom. And a whole village gets to encounter the good news of the gospel because of that. And he says to the disciples, open your eyes. Open your eyes and look at the fields. They're ripe for harvest. Look at all the kingdom opportunity around you. Open your eyes, look past your bellies and the natural desires that you have. See the kingdom around you. That's a skill you can develop and practice. The more you, the more you do it, the better you get at it. So the more you ask God to open your eyes, the better you'll get at seeing kingdom opportunity and Holy Spirit activity. And lastly there, make space every week for some intentional trying how could you schedule in some intentional kingdom trying into your week or into your day? You know, you might say, okay, once a week I'm going to go for a prayer walk in my lunch break and I'm going to ask God to give me an opportunity in that break, in that walk. Nothing may happen, something may happen, but you're scheduling in an opportunity for a bit of kingdom trying. Maybe scheduling trying to have one meaningful conversation with somebody or really seeing someone and saying, God, how can I pray effectively for that person? Maybe a chance to bless somebody. Schedule something in. I had a friend who carried a £10 note around in his pocket purely for the purpose of finding someone to give it to. It was just sat there as a kingdom opportunity, as a reminder that he wanted someone to bless with that £10 note. Is there anything you can try as a kingdom habit? So just something up, guys. I'm sorry I'm going to rove a little bit. But one of the most powerful words in the life of try is now is now, okay? Not tomorrow, is now. So if you want to grow in a life of try, we have to figure out how to put that into our routine. Because it won't ever be now unless you plan it. It won't ever be now unless you schedule it or recognize it's got value in your life. You'll always put it off until tomorrow. And tomorrow never comes. And so the most powerful word you've got is now. So how can trying become part of your daily life? How can it be in the midst of your routines and your living? Because otherwise, it's simply not going to happen for any of us. When Nehemiah supervised the buildings of the wall of Jerusalem, you read in that account how the people worked. They had a, a weapon in one hand and a tool in the other because they had to defend themselves from people who didn't want those walls to be built. It's a beautiful picture of how God wants us to be both-handed in our lives. We go through life often just one-handed, don't we, focusing on our work or our commitments or our busyness or our schedules. But actually God says, you've got another hand, and that's a kingdom hand. And I want both hands present. I want the kingdom present in the midst of your life. We talked before about being naturally supernatural. 
So both hands are present. Kingdom and, and earth are present at the same time. Naturally supernatural. Let's stand and pray. Yeah? Maybe ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you about your habits and routines. You know, and ask him how, God, can you break in to some of those routines? You might have had routines that have been so long standing in your life. You might have some bad routines, some bad habits. The best way to get rid of a bad habit is ask God to put a good one in. So you might have a bad habit in your life that you want to see changed. Lord, let's replace those bad habits with good habits and healthy habits and life-giving habits. Where might kingdom trying emerge for you in your routine this week? And if you don't really know Jesus fully yet, maybe there's an opportunity this week for you to set aside a bit of time just to spend in his presence. Say, God, I want to give you five minutes a day just to encounter you more fully, to Jesus to know you more fully. So God, help us to hear the still small voice, the quiet voice that draws us aside. Help us to see people as you see them, Lord. Help us to have those moments of kingdom opportunity. God, we confess that lame man walking is intimidating, but God, we want little kingdom opportunities, God, little moments when we can step into the fullness of heaven and see it come down and touch someone's life. So Lord, we just ask this and just turn it into now for us, God, not not tomorrow, not next week, but help it to be now for us and present. Because Jesus, you were present. We ask this in your precious name. Amen. God bless you guys. I can see you're all hungry for try moments. And it's really exciting looking out. Just you know, there's a, there's a passion and a hunger. Let's run with that. Let's get some more fail stories. Yeah. <laughs>